everyone. Welcome to Dr. MC's Self-Care Cabaret Podcast. I'm Teresa Molito-Connors, a doctoral-level educational administrator and mental health practitioner focused on helping you, our world's helpers. Every day, we have a choice to prioritize our well-being, to incorporate reflection, recovery, renewal, and resilience strategies into our lives. However, those of us who step up and serve our communities in healthcare, education, nonprofit spaces, and more can struggle with putting ourselves first. I've seen this firsthand. It's a challenge. Enter Dr. MC's Self-Care Cabaret Podcast. Here, we have real, intimate conversations with leading experts passionate about accessible, sustainable self-care in its 10 domains. It's all about the hard work we can take on together to find our spotlight. And before we dive into today's interview, I just want to talk a little bit about movement. A lot of folks have complicated relationships with movement and exercise. They feel like it has to be a means to an end. It has to be excessive or extreme to count. And I just want to remind you that all movement counts. All movement is good. And there might be different reasons why you like to move your body. But I invite you and encourage you to think about what feels good for you, for movement. For me, I know I've said this a million times, it's always about five-minute dance parties. Just throw on your favorite song, dance for a few minutes, that counts. You only got five minutes, you can do movement in just a couple of moments. Or get outside. Weather's starting to warm up if you happen to be um, near the area where I am in Massachusetts in the greater Boston area or approaching summer. So, you, you know, get outside, get that sunshine, go for a quick walk. It doesn't have to be epic and it doesn't have to be extreme to count. Stretching is another really good thing to do. So remember, movement should be joyful. And that's a great segue into today's guest where we are chatting with Dr. Lisa Folden. Dr. Folden is a North Carolina licensed physical therapist NASM Certified Behavior Change Specialist, and Anti-Diet Health and Body Image Coach. She also owns Healthy Fit Physical Therapy and Wellness Consultants in Charlotte, North Carolina. As a body-positive women's health expert and Health at Every Size ambassador, Dr. Folden assists women seeking healthier lifestyles. Her weight-neutral approach encourages intuitive eating, body acceptance, and breaking up with toxic diet culture. She is a mom of three, published author and speaker who understands the complex needs of the modern busy woman and mom. Therefore, her goal is to see as many people as possible live in their best lives without worrying about their weight. Her work is so important. I have been following Dr. Lisa on social media and her content resonated hard with me. And it is such an honor to welcome her to the podcast today. And without further delay, here is our conversation. Dr. Lisa, we are up and running here. Thank you so much for coming to hang out with me. Of course. Thanks for having me. I'm glad we made it work finally. We're so busy. No, busy. <laughs> and then I think, you know, it's a great self-care lesson actually in um, us trying to get this recording happening. Because if I remember right, the first time we had it scheduled a month or so ago, you were just not feeling, you feel a little, eh, 
Maybe just not not in it to win yep. it that day. <laughs> not at all. I was not at my best, and I was I was gonna have to fake it <laughs> to get through. And so I called you, and you were so gracious <laughs> and let us reschedule. So I appreciate it. Of course. That. And then the second time we rescheduled, I was sick. So. <laughs> It was like back and forth. And I got to be honest, I still have a little bit of a cough today. I hope that uh, I hope I don't cough through this interview. But um, so that was good. Just a great example for folks of like sometimes you just got to say not today. I need a break. And that's OK. Not today. Right. Absolutely. So how do you like to practice self-care? Self-care is my favorite. So a few different things. I like to keep sort of an arsenal or vault full of options because everything that you like to do doesn't always work for a particular day. So one of my favorite things is just fresh air. Mm. It could be through a window or it's standing on the porch. I am um, getting into my old lady, I guess, uh, bag now because I like to watch birds, which is hilarious Aww. to me because I would laugh at people. <laughs> um, but I really enjoy them. I also, you know, like I like a hot bath, a shower. I like a spa day, if you know, that works in the budget at the moment. Um, I really love to read. I'm very much into like uh, sensory mindfulness these days. So I do a lot of like uh, candles on the warmer just to smell them and focus in on that. Um, all of those things kind of calm anxiety for me and bring me back to like a more peaceful place. I'm a meditator every day for the most part, which really helps. And stretching is a big part of my self-care. Mm. Like it's gotten to the point where I feel like I have to stretch, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but still it, it feels good and I enjoy it. So yeah, my main ones, I'll go for walks here and there. I, I really enjoy a hike when I can get to like, I'm in North Carolina, so I can get to Crowder's mountain in South Carolina. And that's a really good way for me to self-care when I can make time for that. So those are probably the main nice. ones. Well, I like how you described kind of having, um, an, as you said, an arsenal or like a, I envisioned like a tool bag or mm -hmm. a toolbox where you get your different coping mechanisms yeah. and, and different things that you can rely on depending upon like what's going on. Like spa days every day. That's not right. real life. <laughs> but. Not real life. Not my real life. <laughs> and I don't think any of my listeners, if it is, I, they're lying. So that's not real. But having that, like, you know, even just getting outside, like everything you mentioned is simple, like simple stuff that you can do really yep. anywhere. Right. And free. Yep. It's cost accessible. Free. Yeah. And that's important. That's really, I actually did a, I do a talk sometimes on accessible uh, self-care because, you know, just like diet culture takes mm -hmm. health and screws it to the <laughs> wind, like same thing with like <laughs> wellness culture. And it becomes about spending and extravagant trips and which are beautiful things if of you can course. afford them and it makes sense. But self-care, everybody needs to experience self-care on a daily basis. So I do like to talk to people about, you know, accessible self-care so they know they have options every single day of Absolutely. their lives you don't have to wait till the weekend you don't have to wait till you have a lot of money or for a girl's trip like you can do self i'm literally looking at a puzzle i have a puzzle on my dining room table that i grabbed because i just for whatever reason i'm like i want to do a puzzle again and i play music and do it and i just find it relaxing and that's a very cost-effective way to self-care so yeah that's really important Love it. To me. yeah i always in my workshops it's we're always talking about free accessible easy and effective things a lot of my audience is teachers like that's not a group that usually has ah. extra funds and time right. and energy so definitely people are always like right. in awe at the end of the presentation because i'm always like now all these things we talked about how much do they cost and they're all like you see like the, the light bulb go off it's like 
Oh yeah. Ding. Um, yeah. I love so you that. I mentioned a little bit into the, the, the diet stuff. So I do want to talk to you a bit about mm. um, kind of your work in this arena and being mm. anti-diet. Cause I am also anti-diet. So you talk a yes. little bit kind of about that and what that means. Yeah. So, you know, the anti-diet lifestyle is, I would say not mainstream (laughs) and it's growing and it's so beautiful to see. Um, But growing up in a very, you know, in the eighties, just very standard, everything was about, you know, let's get physical, let's lose weight. It was fed to me as a child that working out, exercising, dieting and getting thinner were lifelong goals because that is how you maintain good health and take care of yourself. And my father was a fitness competitor. He was a bodybuilder. Uh, he, right. He whole different lifestyle. He, uh, he passed away, but, um, at his peak, he was Mr. Michigan in 1989 lightweight division. Yes. So very successful bodybuilding career. I spent a lot of time at the powerhouse gym with him and I saw the these people and all these crazy things they were doing to look the way they look. So that was my norm. That was my baseline. Right. And going through physical therapy school, you know, we're, we're taught very standard, you know, American medical system. Weight is the problem, right? Being fat is a problem. Gaining weight is wrong. So I just, that was what I was. And so, you know, to make the shift to anti-diet to anti-diet lifestyle, it came from personal experience dealing with like trying to lose weight over and over again and realizing like something is not clicking here because I'm pretty disciplined, like hardcore type A structured person. So it's like, (laughs) it's not working. Right. So finding the books, finding the research and it all making sense and clicking. I know you PhD. So research is like everything, right? Like it has to make sense. And when I realized what I was doing was really you know, hurting myself and backwards and not conducive. It was like, okay, everything has to change. So I changed the way I approached fitness and health and wellness. And then the way I, you know, approached it in the care for my patients and my clients. And so it really essentially means I I have zero hope or belief in a diet. I don't believe that there is any diet that will make me lose the weight and help me keep it off forever. Um, I know that diets fail at a rate of at least 97%. You know, that's just the reality. And I believe that those 3%, they're probably participating in a lot of disordered activities to maintain that weight loss anyway. And I just, I don't want to live there anymore. And I want as many people who are open and willing (laughs) to not live there anymore. I know it's hard, right? Because when I made that shift, it was a a loss of identity because that was a part of who I was. I was the little militant fitness girl telling you to eat a salad and let's go for a run, you know, and, (laughs) and changing that in some ways changed my personality. So that was kind of a shift kind of figuring out who I am outside of diet and, you know, wellness culture and and fitness and all this stuff. So, um, but it just means, you know, letting go of that idea that diets are the way that they are actually healthy or good or beneficial in any way, because really the opposite is true. So diets are not self-care. You're not honoring your body. You're not honoring yourself at all. It's terrible. And I mean, I'm in recovery for uh, multiple eating disorders. I kind of let things get pretty Mm -hmm. out of control at at one point, you know, because Mm -hmm. I feared fatness. I feared um, loss of a thin body. Like and and there was such Mm -hmm. a there was a time period in the especially in the beginning of the healing journey where my body fought back really hard and I gained weight really quickly. And yeah, it felt like my body was failing me. 
and it felt like mm-hmm. I was mourning the loss of being in a thin body. Like it was, it was very real. Right. And it took a long time for yeah. me to be like, oh, wait a minute. I'm so cute. I can still do things. I'm so worthy. I'm so valuable. Like yeah. everything. And, and like getting to that point, like, cause I just didn't, I just didn't feel good. Didn't even feel like my body as my body was really trying yeah. to save my life in, you know, gaining the weight to, to heal. It was just such, it's so like though, deeply rooted in like everything it is so deeply rooted and you said something important it was it's the fear of fatness like we fear even proximity to fatness thin people Mm. fear fatness you know what i mean it's so it's so sad but it is our reality especially in america you know i'm sure sure certain other countries as well but really in america the idea of thinness is just beat into our brains that we have to look a certain way. And, and every step we take farther away from that, the worse our health is. Cause that's usually the bringer, right? Cause we're like, Oh, I want to be healthy. So the worse our health is, is what we are taught to believe. And then the worse our, our, our place in life, like we're less valuable. We can't do the same things. People are going to look at us differently. And it's, a, there's a lot of self work to get through that. Like I still go through it. I coach people through it and it's hard. It is really hard to leave that place, you know? So kudos to you and your recovery. I know it's not easy. Well, <laughs> You're welcome. Don't understand um, that health is so much more complicated than your weight. So that actually leads me a little bit into my next question, because in your work, I think it's so cool mm-hmm. that you bring in aspects of joyful movement and anti-diet and really meeting clients where they're at mm-hmm. and a health at every size perspective. Can you so can you talk like a little bit about that? Yeah. So it's really important to me in my practice to honor and respect people's journeys and people's bodies and, you know, who they are as, as people. And so it's really important to be weight inclusive. And so, you know, health at every size as, as sort of defined by as the, the association for size, diversity and health, um, they kind of break it down to different categories. And it really is about respecting the client, respecting the patient, the person you're working with, their needs, their wants, their wishes, their journey. Um, I would say it even requires somewhat of a trauma-informed lens, which is why I actually got a trauma-informed certification because I feel like it's really important, you know, to understand what people have been through and to bring when you're working with people as a physical therapist, right. You know, you can get lost. Like I'm fixing a knee, I'm fixing a knee, but this is a whole person (laughs) with a whole body and a mind and a soul and things that they're going through. So really, um, being mindful of their story and who they are and what their activators are and how you can help, but really being respectful, um, encouraging, you know, weight inclusivity, having a space that is comfortable for people in all body sizes, so that they, you know, have basic they integrity, you know, somewhere comfortably. they can <laughs> sit somewhere like that is a huge, like you can, I've been, I was on Amazon, like for weeks, I'm going to get a really good chair that looks pretty and looks nice and can hold the weight and not make people feel like, Oh, it's going to collapse. on like, there's nothing more frustrating than going into a space where they're supposed to care about you and there's nowhere you can sit. Yeah. Like that's awful. And so most doctors really important to me don't have arm, armless chairs, like problem solved. Armless chairs. Like that's a armless chairs. <laughs> that's a start. That's a start. Yep. I have a beautiful armless chair that's like 29 inches wide. It's just, and it's so strong and sturdy. And I'm like, I'm going to get a second nice. one too. Cause I want, <laughs> I, I just want that to be the norm. That should just be the norm, you know? 
So, um, so yeah, Health at Every Size, their principles and ideas are uh, sort of infiltrated into all aspects of my practice and how I treat people, uh, the equipment that I have, making sure I have blood pressure cuffs mm-hmm. that can fit around people's arms and you know, things, and that's not to say it's perfect because unfortunately, sometimes access to this, these materials and equipment is costly for a small business owner slash entrepreneur, you know, so it's tough. And sometimes I have to ask for, you know, support or get grants or, you know, just pay it, (laughs) you know, but it's important to, to be working on that and to have that. So that's important to me. And then just encouraging people, you know, the biggest pushback that I've gotten since I made the transition to like a health at every size anti-diet stance is that people like, oh, you're promoting obesity and not people should be healthy and all, you know, all the naysayers and the craziness. Yeah. And those are people who are completely not educated on the topic, but it's really important to point out because if you hear the term, you may not understand. Um, it's important for people to understand that in this work that I do, I still promote health. I think it's a great idea to be healthy and to work toward health. Now, I can't force that on anyone, right? So if that's not where you are right now, it's okay. But if you've come to work with me and we're trying to improve and enhance your health, yeah, there are some basic things we can do, some joyful movement. We can talk about, I don't have a nutrition background, so I don't give people like <laughs> food advice, but we can talk through making sure we're nourishing our bodies in certain ways and listening to what our bodies are saying about, you know, what we're eating and how much we're eating and when we're eating, um, and you know, and intuitive eating, us, obviously. Yeah, how being, things make us feel. Like how things make us feel. That's the biggest one, right? Like I don't believe in any food. There's any food you shouldn't eat unless it's like spoiled or you're allergic to it. Fair, fair <laughs> like, <enough>. You know, <laughs> right. Otherwise, like you eat the cake, eat the things you enjoy. Um, but we can talk about health without, you know, focusing on weight, without talking about restriction, without talking about body size measurement. We don't have to do any of that. And we can still talk about health promoting behaviors, you know? So, so yeah, health at every size is how I, approach, you know, my life (laughs) and then how I talk and work with all of my patients. It's really important to me. I love that. And, and you mentioned so many important things. I love that you have that trauma informed certification. Like that's so helpful. And I, I'm sure you find it very powerful in your work. Like you gave the example of like touching the knee. Well, you don't know, like, you know, somebody might, somebody who doesn't have that trauma informed perspective may just like, I don't know, just kind of grab the knee or whatever and start doing whatever where someone with the trauma right. informed may be like, Hey, do you mind? I'm going to put my hand here on your knee. Is that comfortable for you? Is it okay? Or like 100%. when I do my breathing exercises and teach people, I always say, you know, I invite you if it's comfortable to place a hand on your chest, if that doesn't feel good. Yes. You can put your hand on your lap, like do what feels good. Right. Close your eyes. You don't have to close your eyes. You can lower your gaze. Like mm-hmm. it's always an invitation to do something, not a mandate. So I can imagine not a mandate. your work, you know, just making sure people are comfortable with the physical touch instead of just like assuming yeah. that they would be. That's awesome. Right. And and it's different than my background, right? Because I used to be like a fitness instructor. And it's like, do this this right. way. <laughs> you know? Right. Do it now. <laughs> like, girl, do it now. So it's 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 actually a very cool transition to see how much I've changed in my approach with physical therapy, with yeah. fitness. And it's slower, right? In many ways, it's much slower. I spend like now I was doing I seen a client right before we got on. And we're virtual. And I laugh because I'm like, oh, we spent 20 minutes talking. (laughs) But it was talking about pertinent information. I was trying to ascertain how the movements were feeling to her, not just physically, but emotionally. Was it bringing anything up? 
was it problematic in any way? You know, like, was it activating, you know, and like, I need to know these things because I, I know that if I give you this generic list of exercises and tell you to do them every day, 10, 15 reps a day and tell me how you felt next week. If there's something in there that is activating or triggering you or causing a negative response, you're not going to want to do it. You're going to feel uncomfortable. And then, you know, because I'm the, I'm the, I'm the authority, the therapist, they come back like, I only did my exercises once. (laughs) And it's like, don't put your head down. That's okay. You got through once. Great. Great. Let's stick with once. Maybe we'll get to two, like whatever the case it's, it slows down. Whereas in the past, I'm like, all right, let's go. We're going to get to this goal and that goal. But it really helps me meet them where they're at and help them progress along, you know, a comfortable path for themselves and not me and my outcomes and my, my hopes. Well, I bet the results are <laughs> so. far more powerful and more transformative for long-term success. I like, think that so. would just be my guess. I agree. <laughs> if, I had, if I had a bet. Yeah, I think so. Did you hear the news about our exciting new offering from the self-care cabaret? We're calling it Talk Back. If you're familiar with the theater space, you may have participated in a Talk Back before. After a performance, the cast and crew will come back on stage to chat with the audience and answer questions. Think of it as a casual, guided discussion. Inspired by this and by popular interest, we've come up with a Talk Back for the Self-Care Cabaret podcast. Groups will listen to a podcast episode or two of their choosing. Then I'll come and lead your discussion, either in person or virtually, of those episodes, expanding on the big ideas. It's a great option for groups looking for short, impactful professional development or smaller teams looking to get an introduction to self-care and well-being. We have done a few of these so far, and let me say, they have been so much fun. So if you're interested in bringing a talk back to your group or organization, email podcast at drmcselfcare.com. And now, on with the show. So you mentioned <laughs> a little bit about joyful movement. I just want to, before I forget this, I mm-hmm. love all your Instagram content, but specifically when you do your little modification, like you'll, you'll, so what Dr. Lisa will do is she'll find like somebody's video, like some hardcore, like exercise thing that like most people would scroll through and be like, pass, like I can't do that in my Cirque du Soleil. Like I can't do that. Mm-hmm. And but what you do is you'll remix them with modifications. And I just think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. I with I've been dancing since I was three. I can modify movement very yes. easily. So it doesn't to me, it's not a, it's something that I can just do naturally because I've been like, I know how yeah, to mark things, sure. I know how to like just modify things, but I know mm-hmm. people don't inherently know how to do that. So I love you like your little yeah. videos, just highlighting that I think are really great and just awesome because you're making, thank you're you. helping to make movement more accessible. Yes. Thank you. And I love that. I, I mean, I enjoy doing it. It ends up being, you know, after you do two or three takes, I'm like, Okay, yeah, work exactly. well, that's, that's right. You don't have to do, and this is what we're going to get into joyful movement next. It doesn't have yeah. to be like this extreme, I- I- excessive thing. All movement counts and it should be fun. All movement so you want to talk a little bit it should about be. joyful movement and why exercise is so much more than just ugh, what people think it's a way to burn calories, which we know it's not. That part. Exactly. Yeah. And that's how I used to live my life. It was like, oh, I, I ate this. I need Same. to burn this. And, it, and it really, it's a miserable, it's a miserable way to live that Absolutely. way. So Absolutely. <laughs> it's like, geez, nothing is fun. Everything is a checkbox, you know, that you have to get done. And, and then you feel like crap when you don't. So joyful movement for me is everything. And I understand for some people, I've, I've heard this rebuttal that, you know, 
some people don't find joy in, in a lot of exercise. And I can understand that, especially when we have like these sort of traumatic pasts, right. you know, as it relates to, to movement. But I believe that you can find joy in something. So with my clients, I always start them here, like no exercise, like cut out the gym, cut out your beach body, your pelt, whatever you're doing, just stop it for a moment and let's think. What are activities you actually enjoy that just happen to require movement? And that could be in sitting and standing, whatever, but just, it can be gardening. It can be cleaning, it can be playing a sport. I like people to start there because when we start with the joy, we can build upon the movement from there, or maybe it's just one activity for the next month. I don't care, but finding the things that actually, um, that you actually enjoy when you enjoy something, you are more likely to stick to it. Yes. A lot of us have discipline, right? We can just power through. I'm going to the gym. I hate it here, but I'm going to do it. But when it's a neck, when it has a negative impact on your mental or emotional health, I don't see it as inherently healthy. So if you hate the gym, if you feel weird in the gym, if you don't like the class that you're going to, if you, you know, have that boot camp instructor in your ear and they make you want to punch them or, if, you know, or they're belittling you in some way, you know, don't do that. You don't have to exercise like that. Exercise doesn't have to be long, doesn't have to be hard, doesn't have to be 62 steps. You know, it doesn't have to be that challenging. I actually subscribe to the Peloton. Peloton app. I don't even own a Peloton, but I subscribe to their app for exercise because they have five and 10 minute and 15 minute oh, workouts. Cool. <laughs> and that's where I'm at right now. I'm like, uh, you can literally scroll based on length. I'm like 10 minutes. That's all I got today. Hey, that's awesome. You know, and you do it. And so that has been the most freeing part of the journey for me. Um, as far as movement goes is not feeling like I had to do a specific program that it had to be 30 minutes or more that it had to be consecutive days with no breaks, like giving myself the freedom to say, Oh, my body doesn't feel it today. I don't want it today. So I'm not going to do it. Or, Ooh, I am feeling mentally overloaded and stressed. I need to like meditate and pray or go talk to my therapist. The workout's not getting done right. And, that's okay. <laughs> and then that's okay. That freedom and that permission is what everyone needs. So joyful movement is huge because it takes the, to me, the angst out of this, this workout, you know, mentality, and it makes it simple. And then also what I have a lot of my clients do is, you know, think about activities. If you can't come up with like specific things that just bring you joy, well, do you find joy hanging with your kids or with your, your girlfriends? Then why not go for a walk with them or go for a hike with them? Do something physical with people that you love and enjoy and like to be around because then you're getting in the benefit of movement, but you're coupling it with an activity that you really, really enjoy, you know? So we can be creative. I can do this all day. Like you said, I can modify all day. I can give you other options. We can build upon that, but it has to work for you. And, and meeting people where they are to help them experience and find that joy is, it takes a little work, but I, I love it. Cause when they get it, it's like yeah. that light bulb, right? Like, Oh, this, I can do that. So. No, I love that. And I love that you also mentioned it can be seated or standing like, that's important. I think mm -hmm. people feel like if it's not, if they're not at the gym, and what, one of the things I always say is like, listen, you don't like strapping yourself to a treadmill for 45 minutes at a time at the gym. Don't. Like, why are you doing it? It's the most boring oh, thing ever. God. Oh, my God. And I remember when I was in recovery for disordered eating at the beginning, um, I had one of my main um, destructive behaviors was over-exercising. I used it as a purging mm -hmm. method. I was obsessed. I did, I don't, 
I can't even, I did like 17 boutique fitness classes a week. Like I was, I would go oh before God. work. I would for like one or two, if I could fit it in, I'd go to work. I'd try to walk at lunch. I'd go, you know, and then as soon as I got home from work, I'd be back over there for two or three classes. Sometimes like, I don't even know how I did it, honestly. Cause I was, uh, I don't either. Um, from the outside, I looked real good though. Like real disciplined mm-hmm. and you were getting a lot oh, of yes, praise, I'm sure. Yes, I was, and I loved mm-hmm. praise. So- <laughs> me too. <laughs> so words of affirmation. Oh that's me. That's- <laughs> but it was terrible. And I remember, you know, talking to my eating disorder yeah. dietitian and her being like, you know, movement should be joyful. And I just remember mm-hmm. like stopping and being like, wow, none of this has been joyful. And then I remembered, yeah. you know, dancing for me has always been joyful. And I even allowed mm-hmm. that to get like, wrapped up in all the disordered eating disorder stuff and like i even lost the joy of dancing in there because it no longer was fun it was a means to an end it was a means to burn more calories and change my body and like learning to, to relearn that and bring that back into my life in a positive way like has been so much fun and like i just throw on my favorite song and just have a little five minute dance party like yesterday, Love it. yesterday we, we've had some work done in my house and the, the construction project went a little bit awry. So I was actually on my hands and knees scrubbing the tile, the newly installed tile floor because they didn't they didn't do a good <laughs> job. I got to be honest. But that's a different that's a different wow. story. But <laughs> I was on, I was kind of put on like my Dr. MC inspiration playlist and I'm on my I'm on my hands and knees scrubbing the floor. And then a couple of times like I'd stand up and I'd look around the, the space and be proud of my work. And then I just caught myself like dancing while I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> and then like I celebration yeah, I look back down the floor I'm like okay and we're back at it <laughs> and we're back at it some I love that yeah we've been taught to believe that those little short moments of movement don't count and so I like what you said all, all movement matters all movement counts and counts in the sense that it benefits you not counts in the sense of you know, I have a lot of clients who have a lot sort of an obsession with like oh. tracking everything. And if, if I didn't do it with my tracker on, it didn't happen. It's like, that's not actually true. I actually for a long <laughs> it really, time. It happened. Yeah, no. Oh my God. For a long time, I mm-hmm. wouldn't even like, I couldn't even look at like a Fitbit or anything like that. Cause I was so oh, obsessed yeah. that actually just recently mm-hmm. I introduced an aura ring into my life and that's actually mm-hmm. pretty cool. Oh, and it yeah. doesn't, it's not as like annoying as like a Fitbit like it doesn't like I might get a right. little, like alert on my phone that's like hey time to stretch your legs but it's not like yelling at yes. me it doesn't <laughs> you haven't met your yeah, step goal today like, okay, no. no so it's much, I find it much kinder and it does track other data that nice. I, I find to be important so I'm like I'm okay with that but like the watch ones or like mm-hmm. the Fitbit, I can't even now I'm like I wouldn't yeah. but oh goodness I hear you so yeah. if somebody was you know maybe really struggling with their relationship with their body and just, you know, Mm -hmm. looking to maybe start to change that. What would you recommend somebody do? Um, you know, a lot of things, it kind of depends on where they are. I always recommend working with someone, right? If it's, you know, cause it can be a really hard journey to navigate on your own. So if you want to work with a coach, that's probably a great idea. Um, but whether you're working with someone or not, it's really, you have to unpack a lot of the ickiness, you know, so we have to kind of, you know, talk through it. Like, what are the beliefs that you're holding about this thing? You know, if it's, if we're talking about, you know, trying to be more anti-diet, it's like, what am I, what are these beliefs that I have around weight gain or around exercise or food? And then how can I get like the updated information on these topics? Like, is this, you know, 
like I said, we were sort of bred to believe that gaining weight meant worsening health. Well, you, you can get access to information now that shows that's not true, right? Like that's, that's pretty concrete now. So getting that information and having sort of um, a springboard, like to, to know like, okay, maybe what I'm feeling, feelings aren't always facts. So maybe something that I've been feeling or I've been told my whole life isn't actually the truth. And then now I can start to replace all of these lies I've told myself or lies I've been told with correct information and then positive affirmations. I have a lot of my clients repeat positive things to themselves over and over again. When we're talking about body, like seriously, when we're talking about body image work, you know, I tell my clients like, you got to get naked girl. Like it's usually women. You got to get naked and you got to spend like five minutes in the mirror by yourself, just checking yourself out. Because what happens is, especially when we're talking about our bodies and, and I saw this even before I was doing this work. Um, so yeah, as a physical therapist, before I even got into like health at every size and a more anti-diet, you know, lifestyle, I would see my often female clients not wanting to look into the mirror. So we have a big mirror in the physical therapy clinic and they would literally turn away. And sometimes I would talk to them about it, depending upon, you know, our rapport and their comfort level. And for most of the women that I, that I asked about it, it was, they just did not like the way they looked. And so when we don't like something, we avoid it (laughs) oftentimes. And so I have a lot of my clients begin the process of normalizing their bodies. And one thing I have them do is like at home in your room by yourself, but naked in the mirror. And I want, you might even get a hand mirror, turn around and see the back. I want you to look at everything because I need you to get comfortable and not, and not everybody is ready for this, you know, at the same time, but I want you to start getting comfortable seeing yourself because then you normalize it. Mm. And then I tell them, you know, step further, like the content that we consume, I'm like, Go through your social media. Look for people that have bodies like yours so that you can normalize this. And we can often see the beauty in other people before we can see it in ourselves, right? So, you know, so see it in other people and then start to understand like that I am she, she is me. You know, like we we can all be beautiful or whether beauty is a concern of yours or not, we are all valuable and important in our bodies and our bodies don't get to define how wonderful we are and how great we are and how worthy we are. So the process is tough. And like I said, I coach people through this individually and in small groups, but you have to start to get used to what you look like and be to begin to make peace with it. The longer you cover your eyes or avoid the pictures or avoid the mirrors, the harder it is going to, you know, to make peace with that and to treat yourself more kindly. You know, it's like you wouldn't, a friend wouldn't walk up who recently gained weight and you turn away like, Oh, I don't want to <laughs> see you, you know? So don't, you know what I mean? Like how rude would that be? Give yourself that same respect and kindness. Look at yourself, check yourself out and and start to be okay with, you know, what you look like and what your body is doing in this phase of your life. Beautiful. I love that. And I think that's a great way to conclude our time together. Do you want to let folks know how to find you? Because everybody should follow you on Instagram. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, I love Instagram. That's my hangout. So you can follow me there. I am at Healthy Fit and Fit is spelled P-H-I-T. Um, and, you know, there's all the links in the bio if you want to get in touch with me, my email address and all that fun stuff and website. But I live on Instagram. You can if you DM me there, I'll get that. She to you. will. That's how we connected because you posted something. I don't know. It showed yep. up and I was like, oh, my God, I love her content. This is amazing. And I think I think you reshared something. I was like, I'd love to get you on my podcast. And you were like, yeah, OK, let's do it. I'm like, she's amazing. <laughs> that was pretty much 
I'm pretty so easy. <laughs> if we align, I'm down. That was awesome. you know? <laughs> Thank you so much for your time. I think you shared some really powerful stuff and wonderful takeaways for everyone. So I very much appreciate that. Thank you so much for having me. I love how Dr. Lisa described the different tools and such that are part of her toolkit of self-care and her self-care routine, different things that you can access. And yes, to just accessible self-care in general. That's definitely what we're all about here at the Self-Care Cabaret, as you likely have figured out already. And Dr. Lisa and I are just definitely aligned in how we want to promote self-care. And I love how she weaves her skills and passions into her work. I love it. We need more Dr. Lisa's in the world. And if you want to work on your relationship with your body, remember what Dr. Lisa said, you got to get naked. And with that, thanks so much for listening. I hope you're feeling more energized and empowered. And if you like what you heard here today, subscribe and leave a review for this podcast on your preferred platform. Follow along on Facebook and Instagram at Dr. MC Self Care and Dr. MC Self Care Cabaret on LinkedIn. You can also visit my website, drmcselfcare.com, for the latest updates and to sign up for the cast party, my e newsletter. And if you're interested in having me present to an audience near you, email info at drmcselfcare.com. Thanks again. Stay well and do good.